1: Today's show is brought to you by the award-winning NordVPN. I've been using Nord for years now because it secures my internet traffic and keeps my data private, especially when traveling or on public Wi-Fi. NordVPN has servers in over 60 countries, does not log your data, unlocks Netflix and other geographic restrictions on entertainment content, and has a 30-day money-back guarantee. To save 70% on a subscription, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com slash NordVPN, or use the promo code BTFUTURE. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Philip Ingelbreck. He's the CEO and co-founder at Tatari. Philip, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me, Kevin.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show. You've done a crazy amount of stuff for basically a ton of really popular companies and and you founded a really popular startup but maybe before we get into all that fun stuff let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up
2: yeah for sure uh and actually i think you will you will hear this quickly my accent is belgian very cool so, uh yeah yep yeah, yep yeah. i grew up in belgium um and, um, yeah, pretty much lived there till I was 26 with a small stint in Luxembourg. Uh, and I actually only moved to the States uh, to do my master's degree here at the University of California at Berkeley when I was, yeah, 26.
1: Very cool. So, um, I, uh-huh. Go I ahead. was just going to say, what did you take in uh, school and why?
2: Um my degree is in uh, what is called commercial engineering it's a, it's a it's kind of a university program unique in in Belgium Germany and France so it's kind of you follow the civil engineering program for the first few years okay. and then rather than uh, specializing in you know aeronautics or mechanical engineering you actually quit civil engineering school and you go to the business school interesting. um yeah and it's it's actually it is interesting in the sense that um you kind of have the the exact science or the medical foundation to many things so in my case it uh, made a lot of sense because uh for for whatever reason i still don't know why i was just enamored uh, by the financial markets like when i was 17 or 18 years old i knew i wanted to work in investment banking i kind of wanted to be uh, a trader literally, you know dealing in financial instruments Interesting. and so uh, it was a degree that made a lot of sense because uh, the kind of the medical, mathematical foundation allowed me to truly understand what was under the hood. Uh, um, now, in all fairness, actually, I don't think I was an excellent investment banker. Uh, I was probably too technical, too mathematical, where I, you know, maybe was overthinking uh, uh, certain items or certain aspects of the job too much. Unlike some of my peers, who mostly operated from the gut and feeling, and actually ended up doing better than I did. So schooling is not everything.
1: Interesting. No, that's really good advice actually. So you get out of school, walk me through your career up until Tatari and, and getting your MBA. Walk us through that journey.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I'll try to keep it concise, but so, so look, I was in investment banking for a few numbers of years. And as I mentioned, I, I did okay, not great, uh, but i Quickly came to the realization that it wasn't a job that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Sure, uh, for my life, right? It, it's actually really kind of a, a, a young person's job. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's fantastic. You have a lot of responsibilities. It's dynamic. All these things, but I also didn't see myself sitting there in front of screens till I was, you know, forty, fifty, or older. And so I really wanted to build things. Um, by lack of better inspiration, I felt that doing an MBA would be a good thing for me to do. Uh, and uh, I ended up at uh, at Berkeley. Uh, to be really truthful, I had no idea that I kind of landed uh, in the middle of the Silicon Valley in the midst of the dot-com boom and bust. Sure. Uh, uh, but to my dumb luck, uh, it kind of gave me that first exposure to technology. Uh, I mean, it took me two weeks after arriving here to to realize, wow, that was my calling. And and in many ways, actually, I feel like I did a bit of an alt alt control on the lead on my career. Interesting. Uh, um, I felt like, wow, gosh, I need to get up to speed. I know nothing. Uh, I even didn't know what HTML uh, stood for. And so I was hell bent to almost like reinvent myself. Uh, So surely I attended class and stuff like that. But I think the majority of my time at Berkeley was probably spent on kind of like, refocusing myself right and nothing you do that in extracurricular activities right so i'll make sure that i be the president of the technology club
1: yeah, or,
2: or organize a technology conference right because as a student there's, there's so little opportunity cost um uh, actually i actually have a very fun story about this which i lost sure. to share with you
1: sure
2: um so i uh, i went to such great lengths to kind of rewrite my resume right and if you saw my resume a year after investment banking I was able to come up with so much stuff that that the word investment bank wasn't part of that one pager anymore. And so one day I got uh, uh, invited for an on-campus interview by the CIA. Wow. Uh, And I'm a Belgian national. And so I thought that was strange, but I was very excited. Uh, I thought, what an opportunity. And so I went to the interview and we started and and very quickly within the first few minutes, it comes to light that uh, I am a Belgian national. Uh, And then I openly asked the question, well, I didn't know that you guys hired foreigners. And and, and the gentleman was very startled. And he said, well, give me a minute. Uh, And he walked out. And then a minute later, he comes back. He's like, well, I'm so sorry, but I don't think this is going to work out. And for obvious reasons, right? I couldn't be hired by the CIA. My point here really is is that I was able to kind of rewrite and reinvent myself so much uh, that I was able to to uh uh to uh really um to to uh, how do you say that um uh, to spoon the CIA right so kind sure. of a uh, interesting <laughs> and and uh, yeah if if you if you can do that then uh, wow you know i i could pretty much tell anybody what i was about right
1: <laughs> totally for sure interesting so so walk yeah. me through um, being a founder of Shazam and, and then kind of your, your stint at Google and YouTube and then the rest of your career up in Tatari?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, Shazam um, kind of was uh, um, a byproduct of my schooling in, at Berkeley. So uh, one of my co-founders, Chris, and I were uh, classmates, we became very good friends, we realized that we wanted to do our own company. Um, yeah, after loads of ideas, uh, we settled on Shazam, brought in two more co-founders, uh, and, um, yeah, just went for it. Uh, How did you come up with the idea?
1: Sorry to interrupt you.
2: Yeah, no, no problem. Um, so, um, look, we went through a lot of ideas, some of them really good. Some of them mm-hmm. uh, absolutely laughable. Uh, uh, and so Shazam, the idea of Shazam itself was, was, uh, that one was inspired by my, by my business partner, Chris Barton. Right. uh and so look after going through a lot of ideas we had to settle on one uh that was it big picture here kevin it was probably the, the craziest ever right because I mean, usually you invent the technology and then you kind of look for a market application right, right, right. uh like, well this would be a fun market application oh let's go out and invent the technology i mean i i, I would not recommend this to anybody it was <laughs> pure suicidal uh good advice, though. Yeah, for some- yeah uh but of course then if you you know if you come up with a company which has a true invention to it like like shazam uh if 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 you are lucky enough that it works and then you beat those small ops then it can have a fantastic fantastic outcome right and of course shazam is now used by by many people around the world um uh, so 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 that's the shazam story um uh I got to Google because um I um uh, so after Shazam I was a few years at Google and YouTube. And that by the way, that was just my insight or kind of my anticipation that online video was going to be big. Um I look it's hard to explain why, but I but I could just get could just see kind of like, you know, it was easier to shoot films on your smartphones. It was so easy to see bandwidth uh becoming much bigger for everybody. So online video was the future. I always say I I I I I yeah, I just you know I, I I just bet on the wrong horse, right? Because I, I joined Google instead of YouTube. Uh, <laughs> and we all, we all know what happened there. Sure. Uh, on the other hand, it was a blessing, right? Because it gave me an opportunity to switch uh, out of Google into YouTube. Right. Uh, and so that for a number of years, uh, now the kind of the, the startup call uh, was itching. I wanted to be back in the startup saddle uh, after almost four, four years at Google. Uh, and that's when I joined Truecar. I did not... Found TrueCar wasn't my idea, but I definitely kind of uh, uh, took the concept, uh, you know, formed the team, built the product, and, and shipped It uh, It was a great experience. It's also where I learned about TV advertising and the shortcomings in general in the industry. Right. Uh, uh, then led kind of out of a personal experience to Tukari. right? So uh, here we are, we're a data and analytics company uh, that focuses on measuring and buying TV, whether that's streaming TV or linear TV. Uh, We've grown. Problem- very fast in the last 3 years we're up to 65 people free offices uh and 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 we're operating in a market which is just changing so much so it's 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 great so like so all, did, all I can wish for
1: so how did you come up with the idea because as somebody in in the space um as well this is very much needed if if people don't realize that like the whole side of um Basically, the data side of the whole industry is completely broken. I'm guessing that's why you 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 founded the company. But but walk us through how you came up with the idea and, and why you decided to build it.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like two angles to it. So the first one is uh, is absolutely just like you said it. Um, um, uh, TV till very recently was considered an offline medium, right? Okay. You would not really know who was watching, watching and, and and stuff like that, and and so. Uh, that, that has changed. Uh, there's a lot more data and better statistical methodologies available today that truly allows us to understand TV advertising better. For example, for any of our clients, let's take a company like a, a, a Postmark or, or uh, uh, even Procter and Gamble, we can we can help them understand where their ads perform better or worse, and of course uh, uh, use that to optimize their campaigns. Right, and so so, so we. We kind of like we saw that if we inject uh, a, a dose of Silicon Valley or digital pedigree in the world of TV advertising, we can make changes. And so, so, so that's that's part one, right? And that's kind of like tasted and first seen uh, from my experiences at TrueCar. There's a second, there's okay. a second piece to it which um, I should bring up. I think when you start a company. Um, uh, obviously, you know, there's all the steers that say, "No, make sure they go after a big market and all these kind of things," and that's absolutely right. But I actually always say, like, if I if I can kind of like like sneak in a, uh, a unsolicited piece of small advice is kind that's of true. want to focus on entries that go through a little bit of I won't say turmoil, but 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 transformation, right? So if you look at at Shazam, right? So when started Shazam in '99, um, the music industry collapsed from 30 billion dollars per year to about 17. Right and everybody blames piracy. That's not necessarily true, but but immediately, right, such such major shift allowed a company like Suzanne to earn its place a little faster because we, we actually had something to offer in terms of promotional value to the publishers, record labels, and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. If I look at TrueCar, uh, TrueCar was launched in 2008. In 2009, uh, Detroit literally went bankrupt. I mean, apart from Ford, the the OEMs and auto manufacturers went. Uh, uh, out of business, right? And so, and lots of car dealerships went out of business. And so, when you when you start a company, there again creates a lot of space to to find your way, to find your groove, right? Which is good. TV, I think, is going through a similar transformation. It's not a negative one. If anything, I think TV is going through a golden era. There's better content produced uh, than ever before. Right? Just look at what you can. We can. I mean. You know, five years ago, we'd all look forward to that one show airing on TV on a particular day, time. Yeah. Now, there's more shows that we can, I mean, you can't even get through it anymore, right? Yeah. And so, so there's, there's more and better TV than ever. People watch more TV. And of course, a lot of it kind of lives on the, on the transformation from cable and antenna distribution to IP distribution. Uh, in that come about new opportunities for advertising, better opportunities. And, I mean, we put ourselves squarely into that. Um, so uh, uh, it's, 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 it's not just a big industry. It's a transforming industry. Uh, uh, it's just just a perfect storm for
1: us. I 100% agree with you. So I'm, I'm curious to dive a little bit deeper into the technology. I, I guess, like, first off, how did you guys get the first version built? Did you raise some money? Did you self-fund or, or walk us through that?
2: Mm. yeah well look um so what really happened is uh I had been at a startup um that uh was kind of aqua-hired by yahoo okay um uh, and uh, Yahoo wasn't kind of the right place for me as as you kind of know that you know my background a little bit uh but it was it's a good time to take a breather right because I was maybe a little little tired after all of that, and uh uh, uh kind of gave me a chance to to think uh kind of you know go back to my network of, of people that I knew, meet other great engineers or uh, entrepreneurs uh, at Yahoo. Um, and and so uh, that's when I decided, look, you know, I really want to go after this kind of a TV advertising opportunity. And so uh, <laughs> this is ironic, but, but so while I was at Yahoo, there were, you know, people around me that, and, and a little bit outside Yahoo as well, within my network, that were intrigued by the idea as well and uh and and we decided that over about i don't know three or four months we would put what we call an mvp right the minimum viable together but but it was kind of like a a labor of love and passion uh i call the 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 small set of five six engineers the the legionnaires right and we just did it right and we build it uh evenings and weekends uh and then i'll never forget i was like okay now we go pitch our first client and in my experience, you, bet, you better put some gloves and a helmet on because you're about to get it. <laughs> I right? know that's the way it goes, right? And then so we sit there, and a half hour into the meeting, they're like, yeah, yeah, this sort of potential client. And they're like, yeah, wow, this is good. Yeah, I'm in for $100,000. We're like, what? How do you mean? They're like, yeah, we're in. I'm like, oh, you can't. We're not ready. <laughs> that's amazing, though. No so, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, it was crazy. Like in the first few weeks, literally, you know, we had to make payments and I, I, oh my God, we weren't even incorporated yet. It was some, some crazy stuff. Um, uh, but I also realized that we, you know, we, we, we kind of had to hit the nail on the head. Uh, so we didn't really raise funding. There was a bit of a, a small, I had a small fear of a liquidity gap, right? Where I would have more expenses faster than, kind of the revenue that would come weeks later. So we raised a little bit of money, never really used it. Uh it was mostly from friends and family. I even asked if I could give it back. They smartly said no. Um, <laughs> uh, and today, so we've, we've grown this company in the, in the right way. Uh uh com- complete control and independence. It's very refreshing. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, everybody at the company is, 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 is a, sh- a shareholder. And so we're all pre-aligned
1: very cool so walk us through the the platform a bit how does somebody get on board and then how do they actually use the platform
2: yeah 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 so um a lot of the people so the people who use the platform are typically uh brands okay. Kevin right yeah and I gave you some examples there but right but um trying to think of like in Canada we like uh we have article uh for um, uh, clients, right? Uh, but but it could be so could could be anything, right? A, a Hubble contact for contact lenses, uh, a, a Turo, which is kind of a peer-to-peer car rental marketplace, right? And so, in many of these cases, uh, these were companies that were not exposed to TV advertising yet, uh, but they they were. Uh, I would say, experts in in digital customer acquisition, right? Using search, Facebook, social media, um, maybe some some form of digital retargeting Mm
0: -hmm. really
2: well. Um, But but when you use those platforms, there's a point where, look, you're maxed out, right? So so you say that you spend a million dollars on on search optimization a month. It's not because you spend $2 million the next month that your sales volume is going to double with it, right? Because you Mm -hmm. already covered every keyword uh, and the most optimal bid under the sun. So, so where do you go from there? TV uh, flows very nicely into this. Uh, TV is kind of the ultimate medium that gives you reach uh, and scale. And so, uh, so, so we would actively seek out these companies and say, look, you know, you've done a fantastic job in the digital world. I'm, I'm going to help you kind of go to that kind of you know higher order, and I'm going to show you. How you can do this with TV for many people that's incredibly scary, right? Because TV TV stole this from the stigma of wasted spend, sure. right? But but of course, if you then look at the Tatari platform where we'll uh, use data and analytics to give it a digital-like experience and feel, starting with the measurement, right, and the accuracy, the timeliness, the transparency in measurement, it gives a lot of these of people people uh, peace of mind and, and confidence, and so often they will start with very little money. Uh, maybe as little as $100,000. I know that sounds like a lot, but the buying price of TV advertising just a few years ago was a few million. And so what then happens, we can, we can show results, uh, and then when you build confidence, you scale up. Uh, many of our clients now will spend, you know, up to $40 million per year on TV successfully, and we started them up from zero. Um, uh, and, and then like with any good startup company, right? When we started with the measurements, we learned a lot about how you can optimize TV buying. By the buying process again, using data and analytics, so we play a very important role there as well. Um, and and so so yeah, so here we here we are.
1: Interesting. No, I I think that makes makes a ton of sense, right? And you're right. Tracking some of this stuff traditionally has been very hit or miss and, and or archaic, right? And so being able to use your technology to to basically track everything and modify and, and decide where my ads and stuff are working on, on TV makes a lot of sense. It's it's basically what what happens online, right? Like if I run a Facebook campaign or a Google ads and one's not working or one's performing better than the other, I just run that one more than the other one or, or I move or my, change my keywords, right? Like, is that yeah. like a fair comparison or, or am I off there?
2: No, I think you, 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 you're absolutely right. I mean, like, look, the way you got to TV and as little as a few years ago, right, was with a traditional TV agency and, and they they kind of follow the uh, the program of what I call uh, uh, spray and pray, right? Spend a yeah. lot of money and, and you get lucky. Uh, we could not be more opposite. In many ways, actually, I always say that we are kind of uh, to the traditional TV agencies what Uber and Lyft is to yellow caps, right? Right. And so... Um, and so it's, it's, yeah we, we want to do the exact opposite, uh, use very little spent demonstrate it actually works, uh, and then scale up from there. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So how have you guys evolved the product since you, you guys launched? Cause you guys have been around for a few years now.
2: Yeah, this is our third year. We just celebrated it. Congrats.
1: Um, that's huge. But-
2: yeah, 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 but I actually think we're still a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> I still think we're uh, a 24-hour day. But here's the exciting piece, okay. is that the TV, remember how I talked about the TV industry transforming? Yeah. like The TV industry is is actually transforming almost faster than we, even as a kind of engineering and data science company at heart, can can design and, and, and build and ship products for it. It's mind-boggling. To be really honest with you, like. Well, like at Shazam, right, so we right now we have kind of built the most basic feature of identifying songs and we would sit there, well, what's next? And we'd be struggling and we'd be like, gosh, you know, like, what if we did that? Do people use this? And we weren't sure. Uh, at a company like Atari, it's the exact opposite. TV is changing so fast. We know exactly what we need to build in the next three to five years. I always say there's no concept of a, what is called the mythical man month in engineering. If you're familiar with this, yeah. right? Let's hire, let's hire 500 engineers tomorrow. Let's bang it out in the next month. And then we're done. Uh, but of course that doesn't work that way. So, um, so yeah.
1: Interesting. So I'm curious, how do brands and, and other people actually structure ads and, and actually target the right people with your platform how does that work
2: yeah um yeah i mean obviously there's uh there's kind of multiple recipes for different meals here right so there's there's, there's many many approaches and tags um and then you can kind of like you know run them across each other uh in the world of traditional tv right linear tv kevin where um you you may not have the greatest granularity of data. A good model uh, uh is built. I wouldn't call it trial and error, but it's kind of like uh uh test and and, and repeat, right? Where right. instead of uh I don't know, uh a quarter million dollars on a particular network and hope it works, maybe you, you, you sprinkle a little bit left and right and and and, and, and drop all uh, kind of like notions of what should work and kind of let the data and analytics talk and, and let the data and analytics take over, right? So you could say, gosh, gosh, my, 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 um, I sell a, a, a product geared towards females. Uh, you shouldn't, it shouldn't work on the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you says, well, how is that possible? That doesn't make sense from a demographic point of view, but it does. And maybe there's multiple reasons for that. Maybe females are watching the NFL. Maybe it's a great gifting product, whichever it is, but you let the data and analytics take over. And that's a model that works well. uh, And of course, we as a company, uh, as a data science company, we exploit it incredibly. As we uh, mature in the world of, sorry for the background noise, as we mature in the world of streaming TV, where it gets very, very close to digital, uh, uh, there's other things we can do, right? So there's more data on on an IP level available, uh, often kind of paired with third party data sets. And so now uh, we will often run campaigns which, which which kind of like which are almost like hyper targeted right we want a particular i don't know 30 year old male living in a particular area driving a red car you know to give an exaggerated example and then because with laser precision uh uh target that way just by the way just like you would do it in digital that's where tv has evolved to uh, there's still a lot of room to go but 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 of course uh, it kind of shows you how you can kind of take, take a different tack towards the same outcome
1: Sure. Well, yeah, like I, because currently, what is it? Nielsen's kind of the standard across uh, at least America and maybe North America. And and there, is there any other real standards, but they seem to give you pretty broad data that is nowhere near the amount of data that you're talking about. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's strange, right? So on the, on the one hand, kind of Nielsen is kind of like that currency on, a lot, on which a lot of stuff is, is, is I not even say measured, but truly evaluated. Right. Uh, and for CMOs, it's a bit of peace of mind because uh, the last foreign apples to apples comparison, even if it's incorrect, right? right. <laughs> yeah,
1: fair.
2: So, um, uh, so it's kind of like what the dollar is to, uh, to, the, to the oil industry. Um, now um, uh, that doesn't mean that we're going to use Nielsen in our product, right? So what we might, so a network might use Nielsen to price uh, their inventory, uh, and, and we'll gladly work off that Nielsen benchmark pricing. But in the end, we're still going to test it against real data. So so real data compared to Nielsen, but instead of using data from a, a Nielsen uh, panel of 40,000 households we're going to actually use, um, uh, 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 build a panel that is, is built on, let's say, 10 million smart TVs or 30 million top boxes, uh, uh, much larger, much more objectively collected, much more timely collected. Uh, by the way, it's pretty much the same data, just you know, literally 100 times better, and we'll use that to truly calculate outcomes. Does so that make sense? So you use both, uh, because say, okay, let me draw the comparison with oil, right? You're still going to price oil uh, in in those in those dollars, but you might use other techniques to see what the grade of the oil is, right? Sure.
1: Well, and the other thing too, I guess, like the more data you have, the better it is, and if it comes from multiple sources, obviously some's going to be better than other, but others. But it's better to have more data and then cherry pick the best data or or figure it out once you have the most amount then having less data and trying to scramble the, fill in the holes. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, yeah, actually, like I always say we have, as a company, an insatiable appetite for data. Sure. Uh, uh, data is our cost of goods sold. Uh, I will actually go as far as I'm saying that, like, uh, no data set is ever perfect. Sometimes, you know, there's multiple vendors of the same type of data, right. and we will have no problem um, buying that same data set from multiple vendors, even if it feels duplicate, because nobody's perfect. And, and ultimately it's only by, by having enough and, and making sure you kind of find out the nuances and the differences between all of it that you can make uh, uh, kind of like, you know, you get meaningful, you can build meaningful products on top of it. Sure. Absolutely. So yeah.
1: obviously you can pull probably better data from the, the Hulu's and the YouTube TVs and the Netflixes and all the other kind of streaming services out there. But how do you provide data for traditional cable, right? Because it's really hard to know how many people are sitting in front of the TV seeing that ad, or, or how do you solve that, or have you solved that yet?
2: Yeah, there is data out there. Uh, you can buy data for uh, from set top boxes. Uh, of course, it's all anonymous, okay? okay. Uh, you okay. can buy smart TV data. Most smart, not most. All smart TVs, they track what you're watching. Okay. I mean, the audio and record. Is literally built into the chipsets uh, and some of these smart tv providers will actually uh, 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 license that type of data out but again it's all anonymous you don't know it was kevin who watched this particular program at that time it, you don't know that but uh but but even on that anonymous basis that yields enough data to actually then also run your measurement and optimizations sure so well, you'd there's available yeah I, I would actually when people say tv is an offline medium uh, I, I disagree at uh, TV as every day it's a little bit more online.
1: Sure. Well, and I guess realistically, if you take that data that, that doesn't know I'm watching and you compare it to the data of somebody similar to me or me on another streaming platform, you could pretty much fill in the gaps with data. Is that fair to say? I get that's a very simplified version of that, but you could at least create some sort of profile around that. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, you ultimately kind of going to the large numbers. We're, we're trying to get to outcomes, right? Okay, and so, sure. so in particular, it's the, the Kevin uh, by this or that, right? We're just kind of trying to figure out, hey, look, I've got two creatives. Which of those two creatives is the best one, right? And it's not like, okay. did Kevin or not? It's more kind of like, well, look, we ran a million impressions of creative A and a million impressions of creative B. It turns out that the majority of people prefer creative A. So if I know that, I may as well ditch creative B and go with the winner, right? It's that kind of stuff that we're looking out for.
1: Okay, yeah, like kind of like a uh, A-B testing type stuff.
2: Oh, totally, totally. The, the difference here is that in digital, right? So you you, you I mean, you turn the knobs and you squeeze out. I mean, if you squeeze out a percent improvement in your search campaign, you're going to high five. Yeah. And the world of which we operate, I mean, if we get swings of double-digit percentages. It's like... Now, you might say, well, that doesn't mean much. Well, hang on a bit. If you're spending $30 million per year and you make it 10% better, that, that's, that's mega coin, right? For
1: sure. No, interesting. Today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks, an all-in-one small business invoicing and accounting solution. I've been using FreshBooks for over a decade to send estimates for time and expense tracking, sending invoices, and collecting payments online. Then at tax time, I just generate a report that can be sent off to an accountant. To get a free trial of FreshBooks, please go to buildingthefutureshow.com slash FreshBooks. So where do you think the future of, kind of the ad space is going to go? Do you have any predictions or, or things that you see? Because I think it's only going to get better and there's only going to be more data, but there's got to be, I'm curious to know any other thoughts around that.
2: Of course, there yeah, so many things. I mean, the most obvious one to me is that, um, look, um, there's what is called linear TV, right? Which is kind of cable antenna kind of most characterized by the fact that we all watch at the same time, right? And there's right. streaming TV, so IP delivered, mostly characterized by the fact that we all watch it on the mat, right? In the world of TV advertising, the linear TV advertising market is probably 95% of what the streaming TV advertising market is. Combined, they're about $75 billion per year in the US. Uh, those two worlds will tilt streaming TV will and streaming TV advertising will overtake uh linear hands down. I mean, like how fast I'm hard to say, but it's quite possible and it's as little as five, but at least in 10 years from today, uh, you know, cable networks like we know them today won't exist. It just doesn't make sense to deliver the content via cable, right? If, if you can deliver on an IP level basis in the industry and in, in the household. So, so, so that's a very, very obvious one. Um, I think for the world of TV advertising, there's going to be a great degree of democratization, right? Because to the extent that you move more towards um, uh, digital, right, and you get all the advantages around digital in terms of right, um, precision and measurement, making smaller buys, right? You and I can start an adverse campaign for a dollar right now. Sure. As all of that happens and takes place, I think TV is going to become accessible to just about anybody. It's no longer going to be a big budget brand privilege, right? But you might be a small dentist or a local car dealer who can, uh, in a self-serve automated fashion, easily spend two thousand dollars and buy an ad in your local market during one of the biggest shows. I don't know the the Bachelor. Why not? Sure. That that I can really see that happening. Uh, it's 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 fantastic, uh, uh, and and obviously now you can see why we uh, at the party are so excited about the future of TV and the role we can play in that.
1: Basically, like it also gives smaller brands the ability to uh, actually advertise probably on some of these shows, right. And, and networks where before th- they don't really know what's working and not working. So they probably shy away from it.
2: Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Right. And and yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, uh, or, or they have to kind of commit to larger budgets before that traditional agency even wants to have a conversation with them. Right. Because there was sure. a lot of manual household, handholding to it. If you can automate, then, then, yeah, I mean, like, it's what I call a general democratization, right, of the industry.
1: No, totally. That, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious, what advice do you give to other entrepreneurs? Because you've done, you know, obviously your own company, you're doing another company, you've worked at big companies, you've sold companies, you've, you've been extremely successful. So what advice do you give people out there?
2: Rosh, I think you're you're too kind. So maybe my first piece of advice is don't don't believe a word I say.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I know. So here's a few things that I've learned sometimes the hard way over sure. the last few years, right? So um, so one of them uh, is 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 focus. Okay. It's really important to focus. Uh, here's an example. I get a question at the party every day. Hey, can you do TV advertising for us? Can you do out of home advertising? And, and, and by the way, absolutely, we have the data and analytic chops. So even the in-house experiences do all of that, but we don't. I, I mean, you can just tell from this conversation, we've got to work it out for the 10 years in TV, right? And so let's focus. And I think that, that, that's really good. Um, somewhat related to that is, uh, especially as kind of a, a a younger entrepreneur, I got very distracted by my competition, by the competition of making an and then I would try to understand this, and I would be, oh my God, like we don't do this, and now we're wrong, and then we're going to get beaten. And I would, and then I would spend three hours on their side and trying to figure this out. Here's the reality: um, they don't know any better than you do. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> right. And so the best thing you can do is just. Take, and this sounds like borderline arrogant, but the best thing you can do is don't is not to look at it, ignore it, um, um, uh, believe in yourself, right? Uh, and hold on to 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 those beliefs and just try to execute on it, right? Which is kind of same as focus, but but competition is a great competition is a great way to potentially start trashing and and moving from the left to the right without you know accomplishing anything. Um, so so the other thing that I've learned, I would say, um, across all startups, even at Google, is to to think big. Sometimes you have to think. It's stupidly big, right? And you know how the saying goes: like, if you want to, you know, land on the moon, you better shoot for the stars.
0: Sure. it's
2: so true, right? You got to be a little bit crazy, maybe a little naive, right? And so uh, I still suffer from that every day, right? And so, so I do, right? Because you get so operationally uh, uh, busy that that you don't start to see the, you don't see the forest through the trees anymore. And it's good if you can't step 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 back and kind of like, okay, well. Can I do better, can I do bigger? But if you do that, um, you know, if you, you know if, you, if you dream a little bit bigger, then it's, you know, the chances of actually landing further is so much, so much better. Um, and it's really important to do that. I think, by the way, Americans are really, really good at that. Uh, us Belgians or Europeans in general are really, really bad at that. Interesting. Right. Um, and then the last, I mean, the last one, which is kind of like very, very obvious is, is people. Uh, I bet if you could do a perfect correlation study between people and outcomes or company outcomes, it's probably like a hundred percent. And 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 by the way, that means uh, 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 you know making sure that you have the right uh, founders or co-founders, uh, making sure that you have the right people in your team. Um, I mean, look, uh, that doesn't mean by the way that you have to get along personally, uh, um, but it just means that right if you can if you can. Uh, have that honesty, the integrity, and respect each other. Then, then I mean, like, holy crap! And uh, not nothing's too big.
1: No, I think that that's actually really good advice, right? Like, yeah, you're right. People don't, yeah, realize sometimes how important that that team needs to be, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, that's Xander, four co-founders. I went through some like shitty periods, sure. frankly speaking. Uh, I can yeah. There's probably ten reasons why we should have had huge fights and 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 hated each other's guts. Uh, 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 none of that is true. We we we. To date, we are the biggest friends. We might not see each other much anymore, right? Everybody's got their own lives. But if you put us in place in the same time on the same night, it's 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 fun, <laughs> okay? Uh, and and just by the way, any of my other companies, even to Tariq today, like um, I I I like to invest in people. Uh, this matters so much.
1: No, I I think that's that's actually really good advice. But we're kind of coming to the end of the show, so how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself and Tatari?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we uh, we have a a, a website, uh, Tatari T A T I. Ah, sorry, <laughs> that's, that's a bad okay. commercial. A P A R I dot TV or dot com. Either way, we actually just kind of do a complete new rebrand, we so we're very proud of that. Uh, by the way, it's a great website. It has a lot of information on TV advertising, so you don't even need to talk to us if you kind of want to learn more about TV advertising. Uh, yeah, just drop us a note. Um, always always out there.
1: Perfect, Philip. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man.
2: Hey, thanks, Kevin. Great Thank to you. talk to you. Appreciate okay.